Welcome to In the Woods. I'm James Woods, aka William Moore, the author of Sparrows Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tale series, and co-founder of Majavi. If you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not-so-happy path in your career, I want to help you dig through the weeds and get to the roots of what may be holding you back from growing and succeeding in your industry. The mindset when you have to overcome when things don't go your way. So join me in the woods. Welcome to In the Woods. I'm James Woods, aka William Moore, the author of Sparrows Valley and the Twisted Fairy Tale series, and co-founder of Majavi. If you need to get out of your own way and learn how to traverse the not-so-happy path in your career, join me in the woods. So today I have a very special guest. Uh, I had the honor of uh, meeting through a very close uh, friend of mine, uh, Gary O'Valley. Now I kind of want to get into him a little bit. He's a best-selling author. One of the things that really drew me into him, he's he's into social activism. He does a lot of stuff with youth and the community. Um, he's an entrepreneur for many, many years. So I would just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Definitely want to speak to you, learn a little bit more about who are you. So we all have different paths. Some of us go to college. Some of us, you know, wing it. Some of us are businesses. Some of us do nine to fives. In your case, social activism isn't something that I would say is the norm in, in any community. Was that something you kind of happened upon, or how did you embark into that that route? Yeah, well, you know, first, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I, re- I really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's always such a privilege and honor to speak to uh, just exceptional human beings. So I, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you. Um, this, in the social justice and in, in the social activism space, uh, that was something I had the opportunity to watch and learn and understand that I was a young person. So I had the opportunity to watch my mother, who was a community activist, and I, I had the I had the chance to watch her engage the community and clean things up and make things better for everyone because she realized she wanted to create a better environment for children. So I had a chance to watch somebody who loved their family and community enough to affect change in them. And that leaves an indelible mark on a, on a young person who's paying attention. Nice. And so your family was into it. When you say you you would you saw it. What do you mean by that? Were you, were you with them, or was it something they kind of spoke to you about when they got home? No, it was it was it was something that we had a chance to witness and see, and we were brought along and tagged along, and you know we'd be on uh, protest protest lines and picket lines, and I would be making coffee and handing out uh, hot chocolate to the adults who were there because I was a child at this time, right? But just actively involved in making change and creating good for those people around us. So, you know, myself and my siblings, we had a chance to see it up close and personal, right? Uh, And we had a chance to see it on all the sides, you know, from from living in the community, the things that we needed changed, from the actual people who were creating change and building the bonds in the community, and then the outreach to local law enforcement and levels of government so we could get the resource to implement the change we're looking to create. So I had a chance to watch it intimately as a young person. And I just, it, it stayed part of me and I kept doing it and adding to it and supporting it as I continued to grow up. 
was there like a, a moment where you said, you know what, this is for me? Because I know there are a lot of times in my life where I'll see something. And I was like, man, that's awesome. But it's just not for me. Yeah. What was that that come to Jesus moment where you say, you know what, I could definitely see myself doing this with the rest of my life? Yeah. Now, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think it's just something that, um, you know, it's like empathy. It's, it's cultivated. And once you learn it, well, you can't unlearn it. Right. Like you, you know how to read. I dare you to learn how to unread. I, I dare you. I, I dare you to unlearn it. Right. So those things just can't happen. It becomes part of who you are. And then you just you continue adding to that to that global good, that community good. And I just always uh, implemented that and used that in every one of my stages of growth. And I just always contributed, really. And that's all it was. And I did it for a really long time in the local communities. And now for the very first time, I'm finally in the online space. And now I'm reaching out to global communities. Right. Yeah, I know you've definitely been going to a lot of different events, especially with COVID. I was actually going to ask you, how do you, how does that that world change in regards to what you can physically do nowadays? Yeah, you know, I, I, I would tell you that... In the beginning, it was daunting to kind of figure out how to make that work out. Uh, and as we've been going through it now for, you know, there's like a two year process for everybody. Right. Uh, we have really found that we have been able to amplify our outreach and our community building and our collaboration efforts. We've been able to do that on a whole nother level. And it, it lowers the barrier of entry for so many people because they no longer have to show up to events. They no longer have to, you know, show up to these monthly meetings uh, at somebody's place and so forth, so on. It, you can right from right from your couch, right from your home, right, nice and easy. You can show up, contribute, close your Zoom window, and that's the end of it, right? So it became an easier thing, and I I, I think this is one of the things, regardless of how COVID, you know, continues to you know manipulate and move the the world, the business world, traditional working norms. Uh, these are one of the things that I expect will stay the the digital right connection right. between individuals and digital activism now were you, i know you were going to a lot of these events with your family when did you decide to branch off or are they still kind of there with you in this process and this journey in your life mm -hmm. right now yeah well uh definitely my my younger brother and i we we still spend a lot of time uh in the legislative advocacy space right so we're we're writing laws, we're amending laws, we're working with elected officials uh, either to get them in office or remove them from office, right? We, we only desire to, to work with those individuals who, who really, heart, in a heartfelt way, want to create change in our communities. So I still do that with my younger brother a bit. I still mostly do it on my own. Um, and in reality, uh, it's, it's just one of those things that listen, we, we have to create healing within our communities and it can't happen through conversation alone. So we have to step up to, the, to, to those plates every so often. And I, I always find my happiness in the service of others. And this is just another opportunity. I know a lot of people always want to give back. It, it's just a fulfilling feeling. I know for myself, I do a lot of stuff uh, with youth. I've never done anything from the legislative side. What advice would you give someone who wants to pursue doing what you're doing. You saw it, you experienced it, you learned from people who are actively doing it. But let's mm -hmm. say, for instance, I'm at an event with you and you know I'm that guy that's just sitting in the back of the room or I'm sitting on my couch because it's online virtual now and I want to get involved. Like, What advice would you give someone who says, you know what, 
I want this world to be a better than mm. it was for me. What, what what can I do? Yeah, you know, uh, that, that question, it, it's a it's such a big, scary question. Like, how, how, what can I do? How, how can I affect change against this big old problem that we're all facing? You know, it's, it's daunting. And in that space, I always like to remind people, um, you're not here to change the world. You only need to change your world and watch that spread out and have positive effect on everyone around you. And if we can all do that in a, in a, in a close knit group inside of a community, we'll start to realize there's overlapping effects of all of this positive change that's happening because each one of us are working on our own personal development. Each one of us are working on our own family dynamics and that reverberates outside into the community, into the world. And as such, I would, I would first start the conversation with, hey, why don't, we, why don't we scale this back a little bit and just worry about you instead of the world, right? It's, it's, a, little, it's a little easier to understand, also a little bit easier to tackle. Uh, and then after that, it's don't go at it alone. Find, there's no reason to create any wheels anymore. They've all been created. So at this point, find those resources, find those groups that are actively doing the work that you want to, to lend yourself to and see how you can support them. All too often I, I see people, and this is also in business, right? Like I, I do a lot of business mentorship and coaching as well. Oftentimes people will just try to dive into the deep end and take on all the tasks on their own and create something from scratch. And they're just working so much harder than they need to be. You, you just don't. So don't go at it alone. There are far too many resources available. Uh, find those groups and people. So in the, in the, in the social activism space, Find people that are already there, talk to them, support them, help them, and you will grow under their wing. And the same thing in the business space, right? Like find a mentor who has the ability to shorten your learning curve and it'll save you time, energy, resource. All of those things will benefit you in the long term, as well as help you create the change that you or your community might be looking for. That's kind of great. You brought up the, the resources aspect. That was kind of one of the next things we wanted to speak to you about. Now, I know if you go to traditional route, you go to school, you get the book, you get the professor, you know, everyone knows that route. For what you're doing, I don't know if there's actually a course for it. So how do you, what kind of resources are there? Are, are you looking at eBright? Are you looking at some type of meetups or networking groups? Or how do you find them online? Or how do you even get information? You were saying you, you're, you're looking to change laws. Like how do you, that, that's the route you went. And I know there's many different areas that you can go in the activism route. Mm -hmm. How do you approach learning the information you need to, to get the results that you're looking to get? Gotcha. Um, I, I think, I think in that space there, the answer is the same, regardless of what it is you're looking for. Uh, the answer there is due diligence. That's the answer. You need to go in and you need to research. Uh, you need to read up on, you need to attend events. You need to reach out to organizations because you never know who is doing what. And you don't know which ones are the better, more impactful agencies or organizations. And at that point, it behooves you to take the time to look into what it is you want to get into. Right? Don't just dive in. Uh, take a look. Open a door. Attend an event. Show up at a workshop. Uh, you can easily. And, and listen, we live in a world where everything is one search away. 
everything. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> one Google everything. search or or some type of search away, right? So there's no excuse not to be able to find these things. You have to perform the due diligence, though, right? So you got to get out. Uh, you got to get in front of the computer, run a couple searches, see what comes back for organizations in your area. Uh, you you want to start there, uh, and then from there you see who has. Uh, you know, who's closest to you and who is impacting the work that you want to do. Because there's so much work to be done. Really, there's so much work to be done. You you want to find and support those groups that are in line with you, right? Um, you can always show up and support someone else. But when you're putting in the work, you want to make sure that you are, you're not just supporting something random. You're supporting something that's in line with you as well. And in that way, it never feels like work. It's always passion. And, and, and in that space, uh, you're always happy to show up. The weight is never too heavy. And you're always willing to, to continue. Now, you're in business mentorship. Yeah. I'm a firm believer to become a mentor. You initially have to have a mentor. So you have some idea of what you're doing. Were there any set of people, like two, three people that you say were truly influential to you? And maybe people that you know of, or maybe people that you directly have a one-on-one relationship with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the in the mentor space, uh, I, I really didn't learn about that till much later, right? I was, I was fortunate to meet mentors along the way, and they were helping to guide me. I just didn't even know that they were mentors, right? I was too young at right. the time to realize who this person and why they were so important in my life, right? Um, I didn't really understand that. And it, it wasn't until I just kept failing forwards and finally started to have success in business that I realized some of the mistakes I was making. And then I was running, it's like I was running into mentors, like, wait a minute, why on earth have I not been exploring this sooner and earlier and taking advantage of this? So once that happened, those mentors ended up, you know, most of them started to become actual partners right, in business. Because after a while, I was I was at a certain level. So it was certainly providing mentorship, but there was also room for strategic relationship as well and partnership as well. So uh, that that started to kind of slowly happen, um, unbeknownst to me in my journey. But once I learned it, once I learned about mentorship and guidance and shortening the learning curve and not always having to learn things the hard way, I, I, I stayed in that space, and not only did I stay there, but I recognized that's a space in which I could give back to. Now, mentorship is is something people want, but not everyone actually knows what it is. Like mm. you were saying, it took you until later in life. He's like, oh, this guy's been mentoring me all this time? And you didn't really know. Yep. In your opinion, what is it, and what are the benefits of it? Got you. So... Uh, mentorship, like coaching, it's a, it's a guidance of an individual through what uh, their journey, whatever that journey is. And, and it makes no difference. It doesn't have to be business. doesn't have to be social activism. It's just someone who has been there and can help you through their own personal experience or has enough knowledge where they can help guide you like a coach and guide you through your task and your journey and your milestones and your goals and whatever it is you're setting in place for yourself. So that mentor, that guide, they're there to help you along the way. They're there to give you support. They're there to shorten the learning curve. They are there to make things easier for you so you don't have to, you don't have to learn everything the hard way. And that's what the mentor does in, in all of our lives. Nice. Yeah, because I've had many mentors in, in every aspect that I've been in. 
from the literary side, I've had someone who taught me the ins and outs of the publishing world, the managery, the marketing side, the business. On the tech side, I've had people who were global directors of technology that have kind of helped me uh, along the ways in those areas also. And I, I truly believe it, it's definitely that that paying it forward has always been a benefit for me. Um, now, you, how long have you been doing the, the, the business mentorship or just the mentorship in general? So in the in the business space, I'm 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 probably about uh, almost 25 years now in the, in oh, the so, business space. Oh, so you've been doing this for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Once, <laughs> once. Listen, one. I jumped into business. Uh, that was part of my 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 family journey, right? Once I recognized I was going to get married young, and my wife and I decided to start our family while we were young. I knew in that moment, uh, my own business is what I needed to complete that journey for myself, right? I never wanted to miss a moment. Um, so I, I recognized that pretty early on. And in the activism space, even earlier, right? Like I told you, as a child, I, I saw that and recognized that's something I needed to keep doing uh, just for all of us, you know, including myself. Now you're a new, you know, best, best-selling author. How did you, that, that seems left field. How did you get into wanting to write a book or uh, kind of talk about the book, the name of the book and what was, what was kind of your your passion behind wanting to to put that project out? Got you. So, yeah, writing a book doesn't always go hand in hand with businesses that you create, right? Um, although sometimes they definitely they definitely have the ability. This book in particular was something uh, that I was holding on to and I was thinking about since I was uh, a young person, right? Uh, junior high school, high school. I was thinking about these topics and concerns and and storylines and issues. And um, I recognized that that was a story I was holding on to for a really long time. And uh, it falls in line with, you know, some of the social activism that I saw early on. And it continues to fall in line with a lot of the social unrest that we continue to see across the country as a whole, and not just the country, the planet. Uh, the name of the book is called Unjustified, Where Have Our Black Leaders Gone? And at the end of the day, it's it's a story about healing, right? Healing black and brown communities because that's exactly what it is we need. And that story, that message, that understanding, that was instilled in me at a young time, at a, at a young point in time in my life. And as I started to come up, uh, you know, reading books like the autobiography of Malcolm X and starting to study, right, civil rights icons that their story, their issues that they were fighting for, that they were moving forward are the same stories and issues that we are still fighting for, still trying to move forward. It was just a through line that I was able to pull, recognizing, man, that that existed when I was young. I'm still holding tight to it now. And that's because it existed so long before us and before me. So that's it was just something that was there for a really long time. And in my space, I, I concentrate on healing black and brown communities. This is in my business world, in the social activism space, in the writing space. It makes no difference. I speak, I teach, I share things that make us better and make us stronger. And this book is exactly that. Do you have an, I don't want to say an end game, but do you have like a, that goal, that, that, that mark that you're trying to hit? Like, what is your purpose? Gotcha. Like you have the businesses, you have the book, you're, you're working towards like, what, what are you, what are you heading towards? Uh, at, at this point, um, it's legacy, right? It, it's all about legacy, not just my own, uh, 
Um, it's that which we, it's, it's the world we create, you know, uh, in front of ourselves. And it's also the world that we leave behind for others. That has always been powerful and important to me. And now that I'm getting older, right, where, you know, you, you start to realize time flies the older you get. And you realize, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm approaching that halfway mark or I'm past the halfway mark. Or you start to realize that you have less time in front of you than than you have behind you. And once you start to realize those things, uh, it's really just, just like I said about the legacy of healing the world that I'm in and leaving behind a better world for others who are going to step up and have to make these decisions for themselves. How can we create um how can we create those opportunities and those lifelines for our communities and people in our communities to continue to heal and grow and get better and begin to mend some of those things and some of those issues that have just been lasting for so many generations? Because ultimately, when we talk about our communities, there's so much intergenerational trauma that we have to heal from. And these are not easy conversations. These are not easy things to do, but we have to put in the effort. And that's not there's, there's no end game to that, right? There, there's no, well, when I get to that point, it's all done. Everybody's fine. It's just constantly getting it better and making it more fair and equitable for everybody who has to go through that same journey. Now, you've gone through a, a lot of different venues or different avenues in life. Are there any common myths or um, beliefs or philosophies that you've heard or passed mm. along your way that you you'd like to debunk or say you know this isn't the way it is yeah yeah i, I think <laughs> so i'll i guess i'll start in the business space first right um <laughs> because they, there's just so many right when you yes. do parenting uh, in the social activism space business space right like uh the retirement space you know I've, i'm i'm experiencing a bunch of things and have experienced a bunch of things and depending on which journey we're talking about or where we are on that journey that it's a different reality for all of us right um but for me and i'll start in the business space because uh, i find that to be one of the most influential right or one of the one of the spaces that i'm most influential right uh, oftentimes people will come to me and they'll think that in order to properly create a business for themselves or a successful business uh, it needs to be special or different in order for them to succeed and the reality is, no, no, it doesn't. Absolutely not. There's no, there's no magic in the business building process. There, there are some simple processes, some ideas that you put together. Um, you put them in the right order, and all of a sudden, you start to yield results. And you fine tune that process, and you yield better results. I like to remove the magic from business, the mysticism from business, so people realize they can just step in and start to execute. They can learn some skills. They can follow their mentorship. And then they can be held accountable and execute. And they're going to have the same result that I did that got me to my levels of personal and professional success. I want them to experience that in their life, regardless of what journey they're on, right? Regardless of what industry they come from. It makes no difference. There are certain things that you have to put in place and you have to follow through in order to be successful. And in that space, um, that, that's one of the spaces I, I hear one of the biggest myths. The other one is just in personal development. People don't realize how important personal development is to their business success. They think that they can actually separate the two. They get somehow they can separate their personal life from their business life. Now, I, I love the concept and theoretically sounds good. But once you put it in practice, there's no way to separate it. It always affects it one way or the other, you know. 
And what we, the best thing that we can do is lean into the personal development because our success there will always yield our greatest professional success. And when I, when I, when I speak to people in those spaces, uh, and again, that crosses all things, not just business, but all things, they just start to realize uh, things aren't as complicated as they thought. Life and business is so much easier than they thought because they're just recognizing uh, they can take the mysticism and the magic out of things. When we talk about magic, you're magic. You are magic in your business. You are magic in your writing. You are the magic that you bring to the table. But the actual business, the thing you're providing, it's just another thing. And somebody's already done it. Now, I know there's no magic pill or bullet in, in business itself. I know you, you speak with people to help them kind of strategize or create some type of plan for their business. Are there any key points that you, you kind of bring up to anyone who's new in business? Any advice you want to give someone who wants to open up or try it out? I know the risk tolerance sometimes can be one of those things where people are afraid of the failure aspect. Mm-hmm. What, is there some advice you would give someone who wants to create a business, but just kind of afraid to, to jump into it? Yeah, because um, of the mysticism of it. it's so difficult and I can't do it. And <laughs> yeah, I, I think it falls back to what we were saying a little bit earlier. Right. Uh, don't go at it alone. There's just no need for it. That is the, the largest struggle. Business is 80 percent mechanical. 10 to 20 percent, you know, excuse me, 10 to 20 percent mechanical, 80 percent mental. And in that space, it's really the mental portion that you want to work on. And if you're not working with someone, uh, the mind is one of the most dangerous places to stay. It's one of the most dangerous places to occupy. When you are left to yourself, sometimes in your own thoughts, we can start to spiral downward, sideways in a bunch of different ways. And none of it has to be true. But in our mind, it is. So when we're building business, that's a, there are a lot of tasks. There's a lot of things that go into it. And you need someone who can help you get through that. You need someone who can walk you away from the ledge when you're getting too close. You need someone who can sit there and tell you, hey, you're doing just fine. That extra pressure you're feeling, totally normal. What we're going to do are X, Y, and Z to help you get through that. And as you get through it, you'll start to feel a little different. You are close to your end, whatever your goal is. Don't give up. You are so close. I know you feel like you're miles away, but you are right around the corner. Like those are the things that that someone looking to get into business, they need to know that. Don't go alone. It's way too hard and it doesn't have to be. So don't put yourself in that in that place. Now, this is where I kind of like to switch things up a little bit. If you were the interviewer and I was Mm -hmm. the interviewee, is there a question that I didn't ask you that you would have liked to answer? Or is there a question that you would have liked to ask me? Um, wow. I, I think, honestly, I think you're pretty thorough, right? So the conversation's great, kind of kept flowing nice and easy. Uh, when, when conversations are like this, they're not lacking anything, right? They're so full of, of so much. Um, but if I, if I have to add anything, uh, and this is just always just me looking forward, right? Uh, future casting. Yes. What's on your horizon? What can we look forward to supporting you in your future? Right? Like I, I generally lean questions or, or or conversations in that direction. 
because I don't mind talking about the past. I don't mind talking about problems, but we better move on to solutions and resolutions because that's the thing that serves us the best. Right. So I, I think I would maybe lean into that space. Maybe if I was asking questions. Um, so obviously, you know, my passion is writing, but I've been in tech for 20 something years. Mm -hmm. When last year I kind of went, well, yeah, last year I went through a situation when my, my brother passed away and with COVID and it was, a, it was a bunch of different things. Hey, let's say last year or two years ago. Wow. Time does fly. Yeah. And I really had this, this sit down moment where I had to think, I'm like, wow, I'm 42 years old. I've accomplished a lot in life. What do I want my legacy to be? So I've gone through a lot of experience. A lot of people say, man, you know, all these people, you work with all these different businesses, you work with these celebrities, you work with these business owners, you work with all these Fortune 100 companies, you work in all these different realms. And I was asked so many questions by so many different people. And I knew long term, there was no way that I could answer everyone's question one on one. That was the reason I wanted to do this podcast was... In the future, I, I, I want to get, you know, more and more people who are the best or who are experts in their field. You in the social activism, you in the business mentorship space. I work with people who are actors and singers and musicians and tech gurus, the whole nine. There's always someone who's going to be interested in something and they may be afraid to try to figure out who to speak to or how to do it. So if they come to the podcast and they see different people's name, they might be someone. That's why one of the things I ask is, how can people reach out to you? Because one thing that I found over the years is people who are very successful will not look for you. But if you look for them, they're usually willing to share the information they have with you. So you have to put yourselves in their path. People always ask me, how do you know so many people? I said, nobody knocked on my door. But I can't even tell you how many doors that I've knocked on because it wasn't a, a fact of they crossed my path. I made it a point to get in their way. So they had to take notice of what I was doing. And I just basically did that for the last two decades. Yeah. So long story short, my podcast is kind of my way of giving back, giving people a way to speak about what they do, how they got there so people can realize it's not just you like you you can do it someone else has done it before these are the steps that they took this is their background these are the resources this is what they got from the mentorship these were their tips techniques tricks whatever you want to call them mm -hmm. this was their grind this was their worth ethic this is what they did in the field that you're looking uh to pursue so if i can continuously find people in every category that people can possibly think of one day I will have a library or collection of interviews and conversations where anyone can go in and kind of pick and choose which conversations they want to learn from and take that a step forward or reach out to that person and see if they'd be willing to give them information to help them move forward. Because I had mentors, but I can't say I had a, a lot of people to get the information that I'm sharing on this podcast with, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. <clears throat> From the literary aspect, um, I, st I wrote my first book in 2006. And a lot of people ask me, you know, why did you take from 2006 to 
2020 to write your second book. And I know a lot, it seems like I'm just saying the same thing over and over. When my brother passed, and he was my younger brother, he was 26 at the time, it hit me and dawned on me, it was like, wow, life really isn't promised for anybody. Because mm. it was literally, I was supposed to book a flight. I was going to book a flight to go visit him in a week or two. And I was at lunch at work. I was working at Goldman Sachs at the time. And my sister called me and I pick up the phone. And he was like, uh, are you sitting down? I'm like, I'm not sitting down. First off, I'm wondering why is she calling me for my brother's phone? And she was like, you know, you know, your brother passed last night. And I literally just broke down, cried in the street. For the next week, I didn't go to work, took my time off. That was actually the last time I've been in an office. It happened right when COVID shut everything down, March of last year. Uh, of last year. And I had that moment where I was like, wow, everyone keeps telling me, you know, you need to write. My mom's telling me you're a much better writer. I've been writing since I was four, five, six years old. And I was like, wow, I have this talent that I'm literally wasting away. I was like, you know what? I've gone through so many different experiences. I've written thousands of poems. I mean, I've written, written all these stories over my entire life. I say, you know what? I have so much backed up in my head. Yep. It's time for me to basically get them out now. And my goal from the literary aspect sounds crazy to some people, but for me, just just that's how I think. Is My goal is to be the Jackie Robinson or the Tiger Woods of the literary industry. When I look for um, an African-American or a black or whatever you want, a brown-skinned person in mainstream space, I mm-hmm. couldn't find any. I mean, I've, there's Colton yeah. Whitehead. There's all these Pulitzer Prize. I can name them for days. The Columbia, all these people. I uh, can't remember the guy's name. He he won the, um, it's like the biggest writing award. I'll, I'll have to post it uh, another time. But this guy literally was the first American to win this international writing award. No one knows his name, nobody. So I can give you all these names in the niche space. There's Zane, there's Michael Bazdens, there's the Maya Angelos. I can name a lot of people who are in the niche space. But when I talk about mainstream, I meant when you go to a store, anyone, if I say this person's name, you know who they are. If I say Stephen King, James Patterson, Anne Rice, John Grisham, Tom Clancy, I can go on, Tolkien, I can go on and on and on, Dean Coons, uh, R.L. Stein, you all know the names immediately. Yes. But if I say certain names, the Michael Bazin's, the Zanes, the no one knows who they are unless you're in that niche of what they want. And I wanted to break that mold. Whereas if there is someone who out there who wants to be a creative in the fiction mainstream world, they have someone they can point to and be like, oh man, you know, William Moore did it. Maybe my idea is good enough to be mainstream and I don't have to go just in this niche space where there's a certain uh, portion of the community that will buy my book. I'll make a very good living. I could be a multimillionaire. I can do great in that space, but it won't hit the masses because only a certain select portion of the world will ever Mm -hmm. pick up that book. And that's kind of like my goal from the literary space. Um, I write in different, I write fantasy, suspense, thrillers, mystery. I just finished my second part of this trilogy last weekend and my goal is i'm actually going to be publishing or finishing the the first draft of four books for the next two years so eight books over the next two years one every three months there's a book anyone anyone who's who's out there i always tell people 
Find someone who is where you want to be in life. Find out what they did. Do what they did one day. You have what they have. Stephen King put out a book. That's my bar. Stephen King put a, put a book out there called On Writing. If no one's right, if you haven't read it and you're a writer, read it. And he basically says, if you're serious about it, discipline is basically more important than than motivation. So he said, for the last fifty years, he's written ten pages a day, six days a week for fifty years. So when people look at Stephen King and they say he's, he's oh he's published sixty books and two hundred short stories and he's done all these movies. But then when you find out what he did, do uh, do what he did, most people are not going to write 10 pages every single day, six days a week for 50 years. Yeah. That's why Stephen King is Stephen King, because he literally outworked everybody. Yeah. He had a car accident he was talking about in the book. And every day, just to keep with that 10 pages a day, his wife would put him in the wheelchair and wheel him up to the desk and be like, get to writing your 10 pages. Like, if that's not discipline and dedication, I don't know what is. So he's basically saying, if you want to write for a living, you have to write 10 pages a day. If you do that for three months, no matter how long in a book you're writing, 10 pages a day, that's 60 pages a week. You're talking about 240 plus, you know, I know it's 4.3 weeks in a month, but basically 240 books times three months you're talking about what a 760 page 720 page book so you're you should be able to write a first draft of any book in three months if you do that so that's why i made that goal for the next two years is i'm basically going off of what he said he did to become the best i need to follow his work ethic and get my manuscripts done one every three months for the next two years it's more proven to myself i can do it and i'm also following the footsteps of Someone that I look up to, I may not have read all his books. I may not be a fan of all of his work, but I am a fan of his creativity, of the amount of work that he put out, his worth ethic. You can't knock the guy. Don't matter if you don't like him, you can't knock what he's what he's done. So yeah. if I had to slim up, that's kind of from from that space, uh, from the 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 tech side. Um, I also have same thing from the tech side. I'm, I'm having several businesses. I'm a Javi. Um, I'm actually working with another company, uh, Meta, uh, Metaverse.io, uh, the Ease of Three. I'm going to be doing some work with them. So there's a lot of different in the tech space that I'm actually focusing on also. But writing, that is like my my end goal. The podcast, and I'm also going to be. I know I'm rambling on, but I, I'm actually putting together a, a YouTube channel also. This is kind of another way of me giving back from the writing space. Um, I have a corporation called Writer's Journey, which is my parent company and everything's going to be under. Uh, so there's a podcast in the woods. There's all my books and everything in that space. And then I'm also putting a YouTube channel called The Art of Wordcraft, where I'm going to be going over the entire everything from the creative space overcoming you know writer's block to the publishing to the marketing to the editing to the licensing to literally the how to you know plot structure character development everything that it takes to perfect your craft as a writer a lot of people go out there and write but they don't have the actual techniques i mean there's guys out there i think his name john grape who wrote a book called uh, method writing 
which is kind of if people in acting, you know, method right uh, acting, he came up with a process called method writing. So there's all these different techniques that people don't even free tags pyramid. And there's all different techniques about plot structure that people write books, but they don't know unless you have formal training. So I want to have like a one-stop shop, uh, YouTube uh, webisodes where I kind of go through and explain all these different processes and steps of the entire process from the idea to the creative, to the edited, to the published, to the marketing, to the licensing and the entire process. So those are kind of like my ways of giving back. And yeah, you know, obviously there'll be some marketing of my own work in that process. Of course. But the long-term goal is I definitely want to give back from all of my years of experience and all the things that I've written and all the, I've just so much in my head that I, I just have to get out and it, I almost feel it would be a shame to die with all this information in my head without giving it to people who can actually use it. That's right. And, and that, listen, that's the beauty of our journey. That's the beauty of our journey. We, we get to continue to grow forward and have the opportunity to give back. And it's so rewarding on both sides, right? Yes. So I, I, I love that. I love what's on your horizon. And I cannot wait to support you in that space as well. Definitely appreciate it. So... Kind of back to you. I want to give you a moment to shine. You have your books, you have your business, you have the social activism. What would mm-hmm. you like our listeners to know about you, where they can connect with you online? How can they help your cause? How can they help you with you know anything that you're doing or how can you collaborate? How, how people reach out to you and just kind of talk about yourself a little bit. Love it. So I, I, I've appreciated that uh, and I've appreciated this conversation, right? It's just some conversations are really easy and they're really flowing. And this was one of them, you know, um, you. and a lot of good information is being shared and people just have to tune in. They just got to tune in. They're able to take what they need and they can run with it. Um, that's the beauty of, of what you're providing here. That's the beauty of what it is we do in our own personal and professional spaces. So for me, I'm a strategy specialist. You know, at the end of the day, when we're talking about, you know, creating businesses or in the social activism space, it's all about strategy. And what I do is I help people reach their goals and not just reach them, but exceed them. So in that space, we, you know, what I provide for them is uh, skills. I teach them skills and skill sets. Uh, I provide them mentorship. And ultimately, like I said, I hold them accountable to their goals. I like to keep things really, really tight. And I like to make sure that people can move incrementally so they can learn how to grow exponentially. And we have to start somewhere. But once we know, we can fly. And nothing stops you except this from flying in your business, in your life, in whatever. So what I like to do is help people who are ready to begin or expand their journey. I like to help them get to where they're going. Right? That's like I said, I... I am most happy when I live my life in service of others. That's when I have my joy. That's when I am in my passion. And I love that. I don't ever work a moment with individuals when I am operating from that space. So that's the first thing. This is what I do. This is what I provide to others. If you are in that space, if you are looking for that, reach out to me. I'm happy to have conversations with you. They won't cost you anything. It's a conversation. We can go and grow from there. Let's get you on the right track, whatever that looks like for you in your space, in your world. Ultimately, where people can reach out to me is on my website, right, GaryOvalley.com. 
Uh, I know it's Gary. It, 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 it looks fancy, but it's just <laughs> Gary, I promise. Right? So that's G-A-H-R-E-Y uh, and O-V-A-L-L-E.com. Uh, you can also find me on uh, social medias at Gary O'Valley. Uh, and that's, I guess, uh, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn at this point. And I know I have a team who's taking care of some of those things and they're starting to put that together now. And they always remind me, like, hey, you need to start sharing this space so people are showing up and supporting you. People will support you. You just got to let them know where and when and what. And that's what these conversations are all about. Right. We're doing some amazing things. And there are more than enough people out there who are willing to support us. You just have to let them know what you're doing and they'll be happy to support you, too. Right? In, in your own life, in whatever is, whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to share the uh, the link to the website and also to the uh, social media. Uh, so if anyone definitely wants to reach out, please do. There's definitely a great guy, and trust me, you'll definitely learn something from the conversation that you have. Uh, so here's my signature question. For some people, it's tougher than most. Yeah. There's no such thing as a 100% happy path to anywhere worth anything that you want to be in life. What was one of your darkest moments in your journey and how did you cope and overcome and get through it? Hmm. So that's just, um, it's a really powerful question because it forces individuals to dive into uh, oftentimes the spaces that they don't want to look at the spaces that they have buried deep down inside and forgotten about uh, the, the spaces that, still cause them trouble and pain today, right? So that's that's always a, a, a difficult space to occupy and it's a difficult thing to talk about. I appreciate that because this is where, this is where we share our experience and we help others as they're going through their journey. Oftentimes the work we do, listen, we already experienced it. There's no, there's no making a difference in the past. They can't, can't correct any of it but you have the ability to affect someone else's future. So share that, be bold, be authentic, uh, because you never know who's listening and who could benefit. So Absolutely. when I think about this, just like I mentioned earlier, you know, there, there are so many different journeys that people take both personally and professionally, and that darkness lives in both of those spaces. Right? And it's real easy uh, to experience that. And they don't always affect each other, but oftentimes they do. Right. Um, in some way, shape or form. So for me, I think in uh, when I when I think of my darkest moments right in my life, uh, that was mostly as a young person, as a child. Right. Um, watching my my parents relationship kind of implode and explode. And there was a lot of trauma, right, trauma from extreme violence in the household. And as such, I was a child. So there are no coping mechanisms. <laughs> what, what do children know about how to deal with trauma and pain and suffering and grief and all these other things, right? Um, so I did the only thing that I knew how. I buried that thing as deep, as dark, down inside as far as it would go because I didn't know how to deal with it. But I knew I needed to get past it. I knew I, I still needed to live life. I still needed to do well in school. I still needed to do well in, uh, in the athletic space, right? So... I didn't know exactly know how to address those things, but I knew I needed to get past it. So I, I, I pushed those things down and I left them alone for a really long time. And when it, when it became time where I was great getting ready to look at growing my family, starting a family, raising a family, all of those things came back up. 
terrified. I was absolutely terrified. I didn't want to bring that with me. I didn't want to bring that with me into my relationship because I knew that it would sabotage everything going forward. I had to give myself grace and forgiveness. And after I gave it to myself, I then had to reach out to my father and give it to him. When that happened, my goodness, just the weight and the pain of those things, they don't ever go away, but they get so much lighter. And in turn, I was able to start my family and not bring any of that drama or trauma into my new life and my new journey. And it was able to be beautiful and successful. And it's not to say that these things aren't painful in other ways, right? But it just didn't have to be that. I didn't have to drag along my old stuff. And it was in, in, in that space when I think about, you know, some of my darkest moments, right? That it was just terrifying because when you don't know, you don't know. And it, 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 it's scary to even open the door when you don't know what's on the other side. It could be your greatest treasure and you are terrified. So for me, I think about that in my personal space. Uh, and in my professional space, it was about the same thing, about the same time, starting my family, raising my family, starting a business for the very first time. All of that happened at around that 20, 21 year old mark, all of that. And I realized, my goodness, this is scary. This is overwhelming. This is a lot of pressure. How do I do this? I'm responsible for myself. I'm responsible for my employees. They have families to feed. How do I find work? How do I keep this thing going? And I recognize like with all things, you know, time, time shows you the answer, whether you like it or not. And as I started to go through, I just started to realize, uh, you know, some of those pressures I was putting on myself and some of the worries and concerns, they weren't even the hardest things to deal with. Finding work as an, as an entrepreneur, finding business, finding the next job, whatever that is, right? That's not very difficult. Finding a good worker is by far the most difficult thing you will ever do. A good, a, a rock solid employee. My goodness, that is the most difficult thing ever. I didn't realize that at the time. I realized that later. Um, but when I think about those, those struggling moments, those hard, difficult moments, trying to figure that out without any guidance, without any mentorship, very difficult. And like I said earlier, I just kept failing forward until I figured it out. And then it was, all right, rinse, wash, repeat. After I saw certain measures of success, I said, all right, I can just keep doing this, keep doing this. And then I, and then I slowly rolled into like mentorship opportunities and roles and individuals. And I was able to sit in that space and just, that's when I went from the incremental growth to the exponential growth. And it was on after that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a very firm believer in mental health. That's another reason mm -hmm. I always bring this question up. And I know some people are afraid, you know, especially for men, it's to bury it, don't cry, and don't talk about it. And I was that guy. I, I had my traumas as, as when I was younger. Um, I had my thing through relationships and it was, it was a lot. And it was one of those, dude, you're going to go talk to some stranger. I've gone to therapy. I've spoken to very trusted friends. And over time, it, it was just something... I knew if I wanted to improve my life, I would have to not get over. I would have to learn how to deal with and how to release 
those repressed situations, experiences, and feelings that I had since I was a little kid. So I'm, I, that's one reason I, I know some people may wonder why do I always ask this question? I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer in mental health. And sometimes to get to the next level where you need to be, you kind of have to get through yeah. certain things that may be holding you back. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Listen, we said it earlier, 80-20. Whatever it is you're doing, 80-20. The, the 10 to 10 to 20% is the physical mechanical stuff. 80 to 90% is the mental stuff. So you're absolutely right. You know, digging into these questions, this is where we find some of the the greatest wisdoms and those points that are going to help us get through our next greatest success. Right? Um yeah, I, I, I certainly appreciate it. And the more honest we can be in this space, listen, the more we help ourselves and the more we help others. You know, when, when I speak about this, it still pains me. Right? You can hear it in my voice at moments. But we must speak about these things because this is how we become better. This is how we find our healing. So I definitely want to say thank you for coming on the show. Definitely for speaking your truth and kind of sharing with us uh, your journey, where you came from, where you are, and what you're looking to do in the future. Uh, to to anyone listening, don't be afraid to re- reach out to Gary. He's a great guy. I remember the he was a he was a, a very good connection of a very good friend of mine, and. I think that was one of the best decisions was actually having a conversation with you because I definitely learned a lot about you and the activism space and just, just in general. He's a great guy to talk to and has a lot of wisdom that may be able to help you. Not even maybe. That, sh- that will definitely be able to help you uh, overcome whatever you know, barriers that you may have in whatever business or anything that you're looking to do. So definitely just want to say thank you for that. Awesome. And thank you so much for the opportunity. I really do appreciate, uh, one, spending time with excellent human beings. I really appreciate that. And you are an excellent human being, my brother. So thank you so much for that and for sharing this conversation with your audience. Uh, I am hoping that it reaches them well and it helps them on their journey. Thank you. Thank you. So, and that, thank you for joining me for this episode of In the Woods. Be sure to sign up to our email list at moreinthewoods.com. That's more, M-O-O-R-E, inthewoods.com, so you don't miss out on the next episode. And follow me on social media, William Moore, the author, across the board. I'm James Woods, also known as William Moore. Thank you for listening.